You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, OJ, Juice, man, this is strictly for them true fans, dog fans, number one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I'm up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank. Seth Levitt here with OJ McDuffie at Shula's Hotel and Resort. Juice, it has been an amazing and perfect day. Somebody's getting a call. Might be our guest. I think that's our guest getting a call. What better way to welcome Manny Fernandez into the tank? Do you need to take that, Manny? Spam. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you here. It's been quite a day for us, and you got to catch a little bit of that last one. Well, I just got here, and you're the first people I've seen, so let's well, get it going. We appreciate it, bro. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're just going to jump right into it, Manny, but I'm going to dial it all the way back. You're a California kid. Right, you're B- Bay born, Area. Born and raised Oakland, California, Bay Area. Born in Oakland, raised in San Lorenzo. And then you go to Utah. Yeah, I did. You don't get drafted. So why Miami? And tell us about, you know, that's a little bit different. Bay Area, Utah, Miami. Talk to us about that that journey. Well, I only had three choices. St. Louis, the Raiders, or Miami. They were the three teams that contacted me about signing. And I looked at the Raiders, and they had the biggest, baddest defensive line in football at that time. Yeah, those guys were okay. <laughs> and then I looked at St. Louis, and they had one heck of a defensive line. And then I looked at Miami, the worst team in football. I said, I might make it there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great reason. And if I don't. You were right. If I don't, Miami Beach is not the worst place to be stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to sit here jobless, that's not a bad place Not a for bad sure. place. I figured I'd get a job on the beach as a lifeguard or do something having fun. That's that's exactly right, man. We had a we had a guy on this year. He decided to go to Miami because he's from here. And if he wouldn't have made some of his other team, he didn't know how he was gonna get home. He didn't have money. He said, I, "I don't know how I'm gonna get home if I don't make this team out here in L.A. or wherever it was." Well, Joe was Thomas there. promised me a round trip ticket. Is that right? <laughs> That's the only thing I got. Promised. That was the big negotiation. Huh? Twelve thousand dollar contract and a one day one one way ticket coming home. Wow, not a bad gig. Now I had heard and. Did they? Did the team think that because of your last name that you spoke Spanish and they were hoping they would get a guy and bring to the Miami market someone that was a Spanish speaker? Is there truth to that story? I don't know. That's what I heard when I got here. So. <laughs> they didn't tell me that. Right. And you don't. I never. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked out for them anyway. Yeah. yeah. My parents were born here, you know, 100 years ago. I grew up born and raised in the United States and have never spoken anything but English. Is that took, right? took Spanish in high school, didn't do very well. Right <laughs> no, I don't think any of us did. I know I didn't. I did all right. You did, did all right, right. Seth? Don't remember any of it now. You know, you talk about coming down here as a as a free agent and you're debating on St. Louis, Oakland, and Miami. Let's talk about you know, that whole process and how you worked your way into the lineup and, you know, you, you felt like you had a chance because the team wasn't very good. How, how'd that whole process and how that whole thing go down? Well, I got here. It was uh, about 100 degrees, humid as could be. Got off that airplane, that heat hit me, and then they stuck me in a station wagon with no air conditioning and five other big bodies drive us up to Boca Raton. We got up there. I took one look around and thought, man, I really screwed up. (laughs) St. Louis can't be like this. This was terrible. Uh, Mosquitoes, rattlesnakes, water moccasins. Uh, We, I mean... We got off the turnpike at that time in Boca. There was nothing there but pine trees. Sure. Turned down this little paved road. Ended up at uh, 
the school where camp was, and um, air conditioning didn't work in the dorms. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) You thought St. Thomas was bad, Juice. Literally took the cover off the bed, put it on the floor, because the terrazzo floor was the coolest thing in the building. And we slept. I slept on that terrazzo. That's rough. Wow. When you have to sleep on the floor to get the best night's sleep, you can right, get. Right, right. <laughs> the, the, the coolness of it all. That's wild. I know the heat is one of the biggest things that most of us that come from somewhere else, that's the biggest adjustment right away when you get down here is the heat, the humidity. And, I mean, with no AC, it had to be the worst. Well, from Salt Lake City to here was quite an adjustment. There's no question. But fell in love with the area. The longer I was here, the more I loved it. And uh, It's just gotten too crowded for me lately, though. I had to move someplace. I live out in the middle of nowhere now. Uh, I've got 80 acres uh, off a dirt road. Oh, wow. Oh, Tough man. to get 80 acres down here, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> I just, I, I love it up there. Oh, it's no awesome. traffic. I get a, I've got a four-lane divided that runs north and south, and there are some nights I'm coming home from people's homes or, or dinner or whatever, never pass another car. That's it. Wow. You got the road to yourself. You got the road to yourself. It's... Um, I can go 20 miles in either direction from where I live when I hit US 19 before I hit a stoplight. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that you're definitely not going to get that here, that. man. Of course, I've been known to hit a deer or two on the way. So with the car, with the with the gun out there. Yeah, were you, you hunting you or were you? <laughs> or it all kind of blends together. A little bit of everything. <laughs> Sounds like Let's it. See, I've taken down a raccoon, a bunch of squirrels, a deer, uh, and a hog since I've lived up there the last nine years. Really? Wow. Yeah. Do on you, the road. What do you, what do, you do with the uh, the big ones? The hog and the deer. Do you take it home? No. No? No, no, no. No, no, no. Call the tow truck. That- <laughs> <laughs> not when you're hitting them on I the mean, road, I would right? cut him up. I'd cut him up. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much left. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's driving, Juice. Oh, but, uh, not leaving a lot left on the road. Wow. So, so Manny, we've had a few different guys here in the tank, who, and, and including the three who just were here before you, who played for George Wilson, and then they experienced the transition in, in, into Coach Shula's way of doing things, which clearly was very different from the way uh, Coach Wilson did things. What were your memories of that experience? Oh, we went from what I call a, a player's coach to a, a real coach. <laughs> yeah. uh, George George would, would drink with us. I mean, we, we had a lot of fun with him. He loved team parties. Uh, <laughs> we'd have, he was a player's coach. Oh, we'd have team party every Thursday night. I mean, that was all through the – First two years I was here, we didn't win any games, but we had, had a great lot, time. Right. Had a lot Party. of fun. And then in came Coach Shula, and I mean, it was a total 90, uh, 180, I guess you'd say. There were no parties. He canceled out. The, we, had the, we had a tradition. It was called Rookie Night, where the rookies would put on a show. Well, Shula went along with that the first year. And uh, he went through one show, canceled the whole thing forever. That, that was really? it. Oh, yeah. What, what, what was <laughs> the, thir- the Thursday what? night. That, that, that was the Thursday night. What did him in? Like, what was the act that was too much for him? John Stofa brought in a couple of young ladies from one of our <laughs> uh, topless places. Oh, man. Put on quite a show for it us. It sounds like it. Coach See, Channing Ar- Crowder thought he invented that. Right. Apparently, he didn't. Coach Arnsbarger <laughs> left the room. He, he just stormed out. Uh, when it was all over... We were informed in no unlikely terms. That was the last show and the last rookie night. Wow. That was the night after the final cut. And what they would do is the veterans from the show would then take the rookies out, get you trashed, and then come back, and they'd see who could play the next morning. Yeah. And that's when they would cut again. 
Because if you couldn't drink and play the next day, George <laughs> were, didn't want you. You weren't there. worthy. You weren't <laughs> worthy. You weren't his kind of player. Well, he came from the Detroit Lions with, with Alex Karras and that whole oh bunch. Oh, my God. Joe Schmidt. They were famous for that. Yeah, you guys can go be sober and win somewhere else, but down here we're going to have a good time. And George played for the, the Bears back in, in the day. Say no more. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of covers it all. So what an unbelievable culture change and probably shocked a lot of guys that – you know, that we're in that locker room in one situation to going to how Shula was handling things in that locker room. And how many guys were able to make that transition? I know you were. I saw, you know, oh, no, a few every, other guys that were able to transition to being there. Everybody handled that part yeah, of it. Yeah. I mean, you, you're, there to, you're there to do a job. Right. And um, you want to win. And that's what's most important. And no matter what you say, he was strict, but Coach Shula was always fair. Always fair. Always fair. I have to agree with that. You know, playing a few years that I had with him, you know, I thought it was. Uh, I felt the same way. And but he was, he was, he was tough, but not as tough as when you guys had him. Like obviously, we didn't have any three days, four days. They talk a little bit about that transition. I mean, you talk about Utah. You talk about this heat, man. Oh man, the, the practices. The practices were brutal. Yeah, they were. We we do well mostly walkthroughs. Meant a lot of running in the mornings, seven thirty, and then we'd break. Come back ten nine nine thirty for a meeting. We'd meet for about an hour, then we on the field for two hours. Then go have lunch. Then back in meetings again at Golly. two o'clock. Then back on the field again at three o'clock until five o'clock. I wouldn't want to be and a PR guy for this team. We'd break for dinner and then back for walk through again, which meant more running, and be about an hour hour and a half. And then we'd have meetings until bedtime. And he wasn't a big fan of water, right? Uh, no, there was no water allowed on the field. Uh, that ended one day. I think Larry Little fell out. <laughs> and, 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 we don't know if Larry faked it or if he did it for real, all right? No, he, he did it for real. Okay. I mean, we were all close, but Larry was the first one to go down. He, I never forget, he yelled over to Danny Dow, the equipment manager, Danny, Get him out of here. He's killing my grass. <laughs> Is that right? Damn. Oh, yeah. And they come out with a hand truck, strapped him to the hand truck, and wheeled him into the locker room. <laughs> we knew right then this was serious stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that is wild. I never heard that. He's killing my grass. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah we, we would do Shooting five tough. days yeah. a week of four days. And uh, then two days the day before the, the game. Which I mean, this was training camp, right, so they were pre-season. exhibition yeah, games. Yeah, two but days before he, he the day care. before preseason game. Wow. Day before preseason, yeah, we do two days the day before. One in shorts, but the other in pad. The other would be in pads and shorts, just, shoulder just pads tops, and yeah. shorts, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't hurt each other. But you had to hit. Right, and that's yeah. what that's the. I think that's one thing that's lacking these days. You see the missed tackles, you see the missed assignments. You know, I think all the repetitions, you know, on the field as well, had you mentally prepared, and obviously had you physically prepared. Oh, there's no question. We were ready for anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you look at the immediate turnaround. We we won ten games that next year, and then the following year we were in the Super Bowl. Right. And it just continued. You know, for uh, we had three, four, four real good years, and five years won the AFC East. You guys didn't you didn't lose a lot of games. That's a damn story. Sure you definitely did. didn't lose in in, in AFC East. Well, I still I think we've got the best three year record in the history of the league. Still, yeah. Well, you don't lose any. It's a good head start. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't lose two. a lot either of the other years. Yeah. Right. Thirteen and one. I think the other two years something unbelievable. Like Unbelievable. How quickly, and I asked the other guys this, how quickly did you go from this guy's absolutely out of his mind to, you know what, I think we're on to something here. Like, how long did it take to buy in? Not long. 
Didn't have a choice. Right. right. <laughs> if you wanted to work. I couldn't just play out my option. We couldn't do that in those days. You, right. you either played for the team that you were with or you didn't play. Got a new job. You found a yeah, go, yeah. go find a job driving a bus. Wow. You know, we had a bunch of guys talk about the infamous 12-minute run. You know, I embraced it as a wide receiver. You on defense, you guys, you can run all day. Yeah, for the most part. But there's some guys that struggle with it. Larry Littles in, in the world that struggle with it and you know, a bunch of guys. How how was your Jim what, didn't love the yeah, Jim what Kick was, didn't love what was your what was your memory of the twelve minute run itself? I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Newman had the worst time with it. That I do remember. Ed just he would I never saw anybody he was so muscled up that when he tried to run distance, his whole body would cramp. About full body cramp. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was just painful to watch. It was terrible. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, man. Too funny. So at what point – I'm going to jump over here uh, on the on the, uh, the outline here, Juice. But, uh, you know, there's a famous story, and it's been told a couple times in the tank here. But it's, it's Coach Shula, Coach Shula's shower, and an alligator. Now, Jim Kick was here. He said he got blamed. He goes, what the hell would I want to do? I'm from Jersey. I don't want anything to do with an alligator. <laughs> Uh, Zonka gave us a little bit of a clue who was involved. Tell us, walk us through this. Like, where did the idea come from? We have told the whole story in public, so yeah. I can repeat it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we were, I used, I had a full track swamp buggy, and we used to hunt the Everglades on our days off. Our day off. Our day off. Yeah, days <laughs> off. When, when was that? Off and, season? Well, we, we, we also have Tuesday mornings. We didn't have to be in usually until 11, I think, for a meeting, and then we'd have, uh, Short practice, getting loose. We'd be out there for an hour, hour and a half. Um, but that Tuesday morning, we'd go out to the Glades. And um, Bill Stanfill and I, and Zonka, that particular day, it was Bill and I and a couple friends of mine. and We were deer hunting out in the Everglades, and we went through this, what we call a flag pond, and it was just loaded with alligators. Stanfill just leaned over the deck, reached down and snatched one up, about a three-footer, and we folded it up. Put it in the toolbox, brought it back to Snatched it up with his hands. <laughs> yeah, he grabbed it up with his hands, hit by the tail. <laughs> the? You know, we taped his mouth shut, put him in a toolbox, folded him up, fit him in real nice, uh, <laughs> brought him back to training camp, and I asked Danny Dow to get him out of the trunk of my car, just bring him in the locker room because we wanted to, I wanted to put him in Coach Shield's shower. Well, Danny loved that. Um but anyway, I come in after practice, couldn't wait to get in because Coach Shula would always stay out on those days and work with the, with the quarterbacks. So anyway, Danny came in. Did you get him? He says, hell no. He was behind your spare tire. and All I could see was that tail. I said, I told you his mouth was taped shut. Yeah, I'm supposed to believe you. <laughs> so anyway, I go out. I grab Zonk. He was in the locker room. I said, Zonk, come on. Give me a hand. I need some cover. So we go out and we grab the alligator, and Larry goes with me into Shula's office. And the secretary was a big Zonka fan. Larry goes in ahead of me and gets her busy doing something. <laughs> I slip in behind him, get into coach's office, put it in the shower, close the door, slip back out. We come back out, and now we just we shower and leave. Well, about 7 o'clock that night, we went over. I don't remember where we went. Went and had a couple of beers. Came back, and we snuck into the locker room, the back door, and Danny's telling us the story. And we're howling. He's talking about how Coach was running out there, running all the way out the door with nothing but a towel, stark naked, <laughs> screaming his head off. We're, we're howling. I mean, we are sitting in the equipment room just howling, and we look up, and there's Coach standing in the doorway. Oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> I knew it was you. I knew it. 
we don't know what you're talking about, Coach. Danny's just telling us the story. <laughs> Bullshit. He wasn't buying it. He went, we never admitted it. It went on for years. It was just a story. Right. Until they roasted Coach Arnsbarger one night. The Miami Touchdown Club had a roast, roasted Coach Bill. And I got up that night and told the story. Told the truth. Don't told let it the out. Truth. Huh? And I said, and Coach, here's the rest of the story. Coach Arnsbarger went into the shower, saw the alligator, because he, remember, he used to shower in your shower. He went out. Didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. Showered <laughs> in the team locker room and went home. Left you to, <laughs> gave you up. I said, your trusted wow. head assistant defensive right. coordinator laid you Just open. left an alligator there. Left, <laughs> him there. left him there. Now, did you guys leave the mouth taped shut? Or did, did yeah, you, no, okay. we left, it was taped shut. <laughs> well, that was nice of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> man, oh, man. Yeah, I'm glad you did that. We were still winning ball games. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, not like Merck with this this voodoo doll. Oh, man. That's you, a whole other you story. Talk about, you talk about winning ball games. I mean, you guys, you know, you went to three Super Bowls, played in three straight, you won a couple of them. You guys are just dominant. Mm-hmm. At that point, and you know, you the career you had was outstanding, as we all know, man. And uh, as a huge fan of, of the Dolphins myself, you know, it's obviously an honor to have you in here. You know, let's talk about the big game, though. You know, it was voted ten best plays in, in Super Bowl history, but many say that you, you you've been MVP in the in Super Bowl seven with seventeen tackles and a sack. Seventeen tackles. Seventeen tackles and a sack, Manny. I mean, you you were. I mean, you had a hell of a season going, but you you just went went ham as they these kids say these days in that game right there, man. How, t- talk about that a little bit, man. Well, and you had twenty eight tackles in three Super Bowls. I mean, you 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 show up during the regular season, but you definitely show up in the big game. They actually missed a few. Uh oh, <laughs> it should have been more the than seventeen. No, no, seventeen was right. It was, but there. Was, oh, in the other game, there was twelve against. Uh, the Vikings, mm-hmm. and I know I made a few tackles against the Cowboys. There had to be a couple, right? Yeah, I know. I, I had a sack in each of the Super Bowls. Right, three sacks. Three sacks. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, that's an game. unbelievable run. Talk about in Super that. Bowls. Talk about that dominance right there for yourself, personally. I know, and we've had guys on. Jim Kick really reiterated the fact you guys are such a team, and all you cared about was team and individual stuff didn't matter. Oh, yeah. But um, talk about just I mean, come on, seventeen tackles in one game. You don't you, you don't see that any anywhere anymore. Well, against the Bills earlier that year, I had 22. Unstoppable. So I, I had somewhere in that neighborhood against Cleveland on a Monday night too. So what do you? What do you? This is the Super Bowl. Yeah. What do you attribute that to? I mean, preparation, I get it, but ability, will, know how, everything about it has to come into play there. These guys, and here's the thing about it: if you had those type of games against other teams in the regular season, it had to be a game plan for you. Uh, no, no, it wasn't game plan for me. Just, no, I'm talking about for the other team. I mean, they oh, didn't game plan against you. No, they didn't. Uh, <laughs> actually, they they tried to block me man to man with the center, uh, the first half, and that helped a bunch. Uh, there wasn't a center in football that could block <laughs> right. me man to man, but they tried. It got worse, a little tougher in the second half, but uh, they, they started doubling and tripling me. Oh man, <laughs> you still made a few more. Uh, it was. Uh, it was just one of those days. Did you stop at 17? Because, you know, you guys were going to win 17, 17 and 0. <laughs> well, no, I'll tell you the honest to goodness <laughs> truth. I got a concussion. Uh, I was not cold. I don't remember most of the fourth quarter. Oh, wow. And never made another tackle after that. Really? Uh, that was. I, I, no protocol back then. Well, huh? I actually tried to huddle with the 
with the Redskins? With the Redskins, and Nick had to pull me out of their huddle, bring bring me back to Yeah, that might have been time for you to go take a seat. <laughs> but uh, I don't remember that. I don't remember the party after the game. I don't remember wow. anything. So you don't remember Jake getting named the MVP, so uh, it didn't bother you well, so much at that uh, moment. I found out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, believe me, I, that was the furthest thing from my mind. The only thing that I was worried about when, when Garrow through <laughs> the famous pass. I think Let's that, talk about that. Well, I don't remember it except on film. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you guys, you, you know, seventeen and zero. Merck was just talking about it. How it should have been. It, it should have been a shutout. Shut out, right here, you are. You did everything you could to pitch a shutout. Seventeen tackles, a sack, and then Garrow. Well, we won. They're okay. Fair we, enough. We won. That's all that matters. Got to have something to laugh about, right? You know, we, our goal all year was to get back and win it. We were embarrassed the year before. Yeah. I mean, every to a man, we were embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And that was the goal coming out from the beginning. Was to, It wasn't to go undefeated. It was just to make sure we won. Got back to that game. We huh? won the division and then kept winning. Man, yeah. oh, man, you guys did that. They, should, they definitely did that. You know, you know what, Manny, you just mentioned about they tried to block you with the center, which clearly was a bad move. Uh, did I read somewhere that uh, I guess because of um, – because of the defense you guys ran, that you were technically one of the first "quote unquote" nose tackles because of where you would be lined up in in our defense. Did there, I re- there were a couple others: Curly Culp with the Chiefs, and uh, oh, what was his name? I just remember Sugar Bear Hamilton played for the Patriots. They were running some three man, and both of those guys were great nose tackles. They were they were really good. But it it just worked well with the fifty three defense, and and it was just a good oh, yeah. fit for you to be right there clearly i didn't have a choice (laughs) (laughs) believe me that seems to be a common theme with these coaches. i I like the four-man line a lot better (laughs) a lot less traffic right i bet yeah i bet tell us a little bit about the no-name defense and what made you guys so so special and and dominant and and what made you guys click the way you did because we've heard we just had a bunch of offensive guys in here and they talked about how good you guys were how smart you were smart they were few mistakes you made you know and and that, that was more of the key, but talk a little bit about well, that. I, you, you pretty much summed it up. I yeah. remember, the, I think it was 1973 season. As a defense, there had been five mental errors made in the regular season. That's so crazy. Uh, now, we, you, know, you physically get beat. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. The other team gets paid, too. But uh, to not make but five mental errors with all the, I mean, we did a lot of blitzing, line calls, things going on while the fans are making noise. And yet nobody missed a call. Nobody made them, you know, just five errors all year. That's, that's extraordinary. It's almost impossible. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it really is. And I think, and there's, there's a lot of silent communication you guys had as well because you guys yeah. knew each other so well. Well, it, and, it, and, and, and Bill, I know Bill gets a, a ton of credit, your defense coordinator. Everybody, you know, I yeah. wanted to make more sacks and I really should have made more sacks, but the defense was so disciplined that when we were playing, if it was third and long, um, I wasn't turned loose. I had to watch for screens and draws. I had to play the center, make sure it wasn't screen or draw. Then I could rush the passer. And that used to frustrate, especially, well, this was on the prevent. And we play prevent sometimes the whole second half. We right. have a big lead, and we'd just be playing prevent defense. And um, frustrating I mean, I can't tell you how frustrating it was. I bet. And and meanwhile, he still has the second most sacks in team history for a defensive tackle. Right, right. So I didn't know that, but that's <laughs> – <not. laughs> 
Well, now you know. Well, that, maybe that frustrates you even more. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely we, don't want to do that. We were counting wins, not tackles and sacks. That's right. That's well, right. That's why you got a lot of wins. Who had, who had the biggest personality on that defense? Like, you guys are seem like a bunch of humble guys, but there had to be a couple of There's personalities, a few characters in a couple there, characters I think, on just... that team, huh? There might have been one or two. Uh, yeah, huh? I think, well, anybody that brings an alligator into it. It sounds like we know be, one of them, don't we? Might, you might be a bit of a character. So. Bill, Bill, Bill Stanfield was full Bill? of it. Yeah. Bill was, <laughs> he was a definite agitator. Uh, an agitator, I like that. With, without a doubt. Uh, Jake Scott was another one. I love it. I love but, it. But uh, let's see, anybody? Well, not really. After that, everybody played it pretty straight. Yeah. But the, the three of you guys were. We kind of kept it lively. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. You have to. You mean, well, you know, when, when, I, you have... when I came in the league, uh, we had a fellow on the team. Nobody knew who it was. Uh, and he just called himself the Phantom. And you'd only know because he'd leave a note. The Phantom was here. And he would do things like lean a a basket of water, you know, a wastebasket full against your bedroom door. So when you knock on up, the door, knock, well, he just would wait till you woke up in the morning and open the door <laughs> or go to the bathroom or whatever, uh, open up cans of sardines, uh, put it between the mattress and the springs oh, and those guy. dorm room beds. The phantom. The phantom. Well, anyway, I took his job <laughs> ultimately my second year there. And I can't give up his name, but. He was the Phantom, still is. But he called me, and he was a defensive tackle, called me to his room after he got cut and said, I've got an obligation that you've got to carry on for me. And I said, what's that? He says, you are now the Phantom. Wow. Oh, so you didn't know at that point that I he was know. the Phantom, no. and he passed it on. He passed it on. Wow. And the Phantom lived on. <laughs> what's that in Princess Bride, Dread Pirate Roberts? They pass it on and pass it on. Did you leave the notes? The Phantom was here? Of course. <laughs> Now, did you pass the phantom baton on? No, no, I did not. It left with you. That was it. It just left with me. That's Absolutely. Cool. I love that. The phantom. That is awesome. Okay. So, clearly, you played your whole career here. Had an unbelievable career. As I, I just gave you a stat you didn't even know. 2014, you're finally selected to the Dolphins honor roll. I read something that you lobbied Harvey Green, my former boss, for 20 years. How much of a pain in the ass was that? <laughs> <laughs> I used to love to pick on Harvey. Yeah, right? but he, you weren't alone. Oh, no, we he, still do. He was easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. easy target. What a, he, great guy. Oh, Harvey was. He was a great yeah. guest here in the tank. But but all kidding aside, how meaningful was it when when you finally got the call and they said, Manny, we're going to put you where you belong? Well, be honest with you. Two years earlier, um, they put me in the Walk of Fame, and I'll never forget. I told Nat who is the vice president of player of, sure. of alumni relations. I said, well, I guess that's it, Nat. I'm never going up on the wall. You guys put me on the floor. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yep. Thanks a lot. I, yeah. Well, oh, it ain't over. Everybody's I BS. So two years later, Nat calls me and says, uh, and he tells me I'm going to be in the honor roll. And I said, yeah, right. All right. Now, why'd you really call? Yeah. He said, hey, I'm serious. I said, Bullshit. Thought Nat became the phantom well, there, huh? Well, Nat and I go back a lot. We've been close since his rookie year. Stanfield and I kind of adopted Nat. And I'll never forget our first preseason game after he was drafted and came in as a rookie. We were in an elevator, and nobody had said, hey, Nat, let's go to dinner. And we were going to dinner. And, of course, Bill had an ulterior motive, Bill being a bulldog. <laughs> right, that's a gator. gator. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want he any says, part of him. Rookie, what you going? Going to dinner by yourself? He says, yeah, 
nobody's, he's, no, you're coming with us. And from that point forward, uh, we were looking out for Nat. But what a super guy. That's great. What a great friend. And, and he now looks out for a lot of guys. He looks out for it's everybody. really cool. He does yeah, a great we, job. We he him. does. Yeah. He does a fantastic job. Yeah. And I think we talk a lot about how the organization back from the Robbies to the Hyzingas to Mr. Ross now, how they do a great job of keeping us close as alumni. Oh, yeah. But if Nat. And that's that one guy, that liaison, that really does a great job. He and Anna Cook are, do a great job of making sure we all stay well-connected. They, they do a fantastic job. I mean, anything I've ever needed to find somebody's phone number, uh, anything, mm-hmm. all you had to do is call. And they would, they'd make the effort to find out. If they didn't know, they'd find what you're looking for. And that's all corporate now, but we had him in the tank, and we had we had a few good Nat Moore yeah, stories back in the day, and run, run the, the, the nightclub and, scene yeah. for sure, for sure. So now it makes sense. Now I know who uh, who he grew up underneath, whose wings he grew up underneath. <laughs> right. Now it's starting to make a lot of sense. That's great. You know, Bill, you talked about we talked about you going up in the, in the honor roll in 2014, but a couple of years before that, you had a little bit of a health scare, a little life threatening scare with 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 back after back surgery. Uh, yeah, I uh, contracted a. A, uh, an infection that uh, was missed at the hospital I went to. And uh, I was home trying to recover from the surgery and was just getting worse and worse. Uh, had gone down to about 165 pounds. And my son is uh-huh. a paramedic, drove up to visit me and uh, took me straight to the hospital, found the right doctor. And uh, literally saved my life. I was 67 days on intravenous wow. antibiotics wow, wow. to kill that virus, uh, that infection, something called peptostreptococcus. And they had me on vancomycin, which is about as strong an antibiotic. They'd have to run a blood trough every day before they'd plug it in to make sure Jeez. it wasn't killing my liver. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it was four months, two months in the hospital, four months, two more months convalescing. Uh, before I was able to get home and take care of myself. Oh, man. God bless. Thank, thank God for your son, and thank God you found the right guy, man. Because that's yeah. all I think that's with medical issues, man. Finding the right guy is critical. Oh, yeah. We, and he brought in the right team. Yeah. Uh, infectious disease doctor. and I mean, he had everybody we needed in there, a vascular surgeon. Uh, they had to tie off some arteries and uh, still tied off to this day. It's crazy. And then later had to go in and put a stent in to uh, the infection was starting to corrode the arteries. And uh, it was eating up my spine from L2 all the way down. Oh, my goodness, brother. Does that does that change, um, you know, when you get that call from that and you, know, you say bullshit, what have you? Because from what I read, that's that was just prior to kind of you going in right that was, was that 2013 2014 yeah, yeah so i mean does your perspective on going into the honor roll when you literally your life is is hanging in the balance i wasn't sure i could even get down here to be a part of it but uh was able to manage and uh wow it worked out yes sir all the battles that yes, you go sir. through right you know it, playing your entire career playing the position you play like you said all the traffic down there Pulling alligators out of the water, and then it's and it's infection like that 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 brings you to your knees essentially. I mean, that's oh, it was scary. I can only imagine. So you talked about taking Nat under your wing, and on the way out here, Merck was telling us some stories about uh, his rookie hazing, and he said that that you were one of the chief uh, chief guys that were in charge of Merck's rookie hazing. Yeah, honest to goodness, uh, 
we did our best, but <laughs> I don't really remember it. Right. You know, it's it's a long Sounded time Sounded like now. it stuck with him, though. I mean, we're, we're, we're going back 50 years. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And rookie hazing was a standard every year. Sure. Uh, well, you said you had quite an adventure your rookie year. Oh, you bet I did. <laughs> we, we had some old school guys there when I was there, and they taught us well. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, you, you do unto others as was done to you. <laughs> it was only right. The rite of passage, that and becoming the phantom. That Good is stuff. it. We never threw Merck in the pond. Well, that's, yeah, that's the key right there, right? <laughs> he was he was on the cusp, but he finally got up and sang. <laughs> they said he wouldn't stop singing. No, that's how he got us to stop singing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's when we started leaving him alone. Yeah, don't mess no. with it. <laughs> We're getting more than we bargained for with oh, this yeah. guy. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I forgot to mention that, that Stu told me a story about. These are uh, always good. When yeah, it starts uh, with Stu uh, told me a your, story. About your, you hear about your college coach and how, you know, the story about your college coach and how, you know, he wasn't a big fan of yours, I guess, right? No. Not at all, <laughs> Why right? Not? Well, I, I don't know. It kind of started before he even got there. Right. Uh, before he even took over, he had brought it, he brought in bunch of junior college transfers and when we left spring ball um, I was selected defensive captain by the teammates and I was the starting defensive tackle he had just come in as a coach they'd fired the previous coach and when I came back in the fall I was third string defensive tackle and second string offensive tackle and how does that make any sense? It didn't make a lot of sense to me either, but I wasn't a big fan of his. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> like the feeling was mutual. And then he, uh, one of the very first days of fall practice, he brought a couple of martial arts instructors that were Green Berets, uh, special forces that were at Fort Douglas right next door to our campus uh, was Fort Douglas. And he brought them in to teach us hand-to-hand combat and to make us tougher. Well, they did a little exhibition, and we were all sitting on the ground in a circle, and they asked for a volunteer. So I volunteered. And back then, I was, you know, 255 pounds, and I could bench press 550 pounds and could full squat nearly 900. Uh, And I volunteered, and they got me up there, and he put me in a hold called a come-along. The what? A come-along. Come <laughs> where they get their arm wrapped under your elbow, grab your fingers, bend your hand down, and they can take you anywhere. So there's, they're, they're, they've got, they put me in it, and uh, I'm looking at this guy, and I'm thinking, this is going to be fun. Um, <laughs> anyway, puts me in the hold and starts parading me around the circle and says, okay. And then he says, are you ready now? We're going to do it for real. I said, sure. He says, all right, now watch this, he says to everybody. And he starts putting real pressure on it. And I just curled my arm up, caught his <laughs> arm in my arm, picked him up off the ground, and walked him around the circle and said, this is why this is a lot of bullshit. <laughs> well, from that moment on, the coach and I never really saw eye to eye. Just ruined the whole thing. Ruined the whole thing. Yeah. Did you ask him if he was ready for real yet? Did you? Uh, well, that wasn't the, that wasn't the last time we went at it. But. You, you were come along with me, little fellow. <laughs> no, I think the capper to the story. I also heard that. I mean, one thing you didn't like about it, I think you called it a players only meeting. He wasn't too happy about something like that. But I think you ran into him 
as a Dolphin, when you guys are, I think, headed to a Super Bowl, and they actually asked you for tickets or something. Is this is that true as well? No, no. What had happened, we, okay. were, we were in Houston. In Houston. Super Bowl Eight, And I was out to dinner with my family, my mom and dad and brother and uh, my wife in Houston. They had some kind of law in a restaurant. You couldn't serve drinks to the table. You had to get up and go to a window. Well, there was a big line to that window. My brother and I got up to go get drinks for the table and uh, <laughs> get in line. And I'm looking at the back of this guy's head. And I looked at my brother and I said, I think that's Mike Giddings. <laughs> And my brother looks at me and says, want me to kick his ass? <laughs> and I said, no, I can handle it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> anyway, he finally, he's looking around, and I see it is him. And then he sees me and turns around and, oh, Manny, how have you been? And I just turned, I just looked at him and said, turn around, I'm going to rip your head off. <laughs> And he just turned around and didn't say another word. That yeah, was it. That was it. That was it. He was remembering the come along move. He man, didn't. Oh man. Well, yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. He was not that old. Right. Uh, he was in his thirties still. Oh wow. And he was an ex marine, and uh, he was six foot four, um, but he was a phony. Right. And mm. we've seen those on the field, haven't we? He was there at Utah two years. Got fired before the last game. The entire coaching staff quit him before. They fired him. Wow. That's what caused the firing. So he had no co- they had no staff. Wow. They had no staff. So they had to bring so everybody back. They had to fire him, and then they all came and coached the last game. Um, but we've had reunions at Utah of those years, and uh, he has never been invited. <laughs> the assistant coaches that are still living always make it. Um, and I mean, we loved the coaching staff. Yeah. He was just, just the, the wrong head man. Oh, he was terrible. Man. He was terrible. Kind of like, I guess, Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> Depends who you ask him yeah, for. Right, exactly. yeah. Yeah. Well, but at least he's figured out how to win some games. At least, it sounds he, like at least he wins. This right. guy couldn't win. Yeah. That's a bad combination. Oh, <laughs> too funny. So you, speaking of Nick Saban, because it's funny, we've had a lot of guys in here who speak very highly of Nick who played for him. The one guy who had a few issues with him was Zach Thomas. And uh, Zach speaks very highly of you and said you might have taken him out hunting every – have you have – Yeah, you yeah, had... no, Zach, Zach's a <laughs> super guy. I, I have taken him hunting. Can he hunt worth a shit? Yeah, we had some fun with Zach okay. on the hunting trips too. <laughs> Would love to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, you're right. Well, we were on a hog hunt, and uh, dogs caught a hog, and we come up on it, um, got the hog secured, got the dogs off of it, and uh, – we just, I looked around and Zach was just standing and watching. <laughs> He'd never seen anything like this. Um, and about that time, I said, okay, everybody climb a tree. We're going to turn them loose. Well, <laughs> the rest of the guys there with me knew that, right. knew that was BS. But anyway, Zach went right up the tree. <laughs> <laughs> then it got better. We caught a second hog. And we got him, we talked him into holding the back legs. And he came in there and he held the back legs. And now we took the dogs off the head of the hog. And uh, we all said, okay, Zach, well, as soon as we get in the truck, you let him go. (laughs) (laughs) We all jumped in the back of the pickup. Zach sat there and says, you guys crazy. What what am I going to do? And he's holding that hog by the back legs. And we said, let him go. But I ain't going to let him go. What's he going to do? We don't know. That's why we're in the truck. (laughs) He let him go and did a head dive into the back of that truck. Oh, my God. Head first. 
I love it. Oh, that's great. Was he still playing at the time, or was he done? Um, he was still playing. Oh shit! And then about a, we started. We nicknamed him Hog Thomas after that. <laughs> I went over to camp one day and had them page him. I forget what we were up to, but <laughs> supposed to meet him there. And I had the gal up front. Uh, Page him. I said, Page him is Hog Thomas. <laughs> he knew exactly who was waiting for him, didn't he? He knew. Oh, that God. Is outstanding. Too great. That Too is great. Outstanding. <laughs> we learned a little bit today, didn't we, Drew? We learned a lot of bit today, man. <laughs> well, Manny, really appreciate you spending some time here. I know you had to sit and listen to the other three guys before uh, they you gave up the you mic. You dug up on a lot of old stories I haven't told in a while. Oh, man. That's great the whole story, purpose bro. of the podcast, man. We had to. We appreciate you sharing them with us, though. It was well, a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for Diving in, Manny. You bet. You're now diving into the fish tank. Who that? Sitting down with Seth Living. Seth. OJ. Juice. Juice. This is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans. Number one, one, of course, y'all. This ain't no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rockin' with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank. Uh, uh, fans with attitude. We okay, gotta dive this one for them diehards. Celebrate big or cry hard. Leave it all on the field. We gon' try hard. Old school, a new school. Mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players. No secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie. Bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it. Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team. Whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. You looking at that fish tank. It's time to dive in. fish tank. Go get your aqua orange. Yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank. Don't ever add a token, but to dive up in that fish tank.